It was a shark. It was a shark with a bite radius about a yard across. Don't be silly. Indicator. A shark of some 35 feet in length. You said it exactly. Our shark still has all its teeth. Yeah. That means it was a baby. Our shark couldn't have killed Overman. Its mother did. You talking about some damn shark's mother? Calvin, don't you hear what she's saying here? Oh, I'm listening. Now, if there is such an animal, she gave birth way out to sea and the baby swam through the sea gate that you left open, Brody. No. Overman was killed inside the park. The baby was caught inside the park. Its mother is inside the park. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. ESP Rewind. Coming at you in the third dimension with the 1983 Universal Classic. Universal 3D Classic. Jaws 3D. A creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution. It lives to kill a mindless eating machine that will attack and devour anything. One terrified you like nothing you have ever experienced when it captured your imagination and tapped your fear like no movie before it. Then, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, two continued the legend and spread the fear. Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all-new dimension in an all-new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D, the third dimension is terror. Not doing this alone, everyone. I got to bring in uh, the big dog. He actually, we saw this together. Well, he had seen it before I did, but then uh, I wanted to see it. So, uh, Brother Mike's back in the house. And uh, he took me, well, his mom. It took both of us to see it. Yeah. Um, where where did we see it? Did we see it at the festival in Hayward? Um, I think we saw it at the Century. No. Oh wait, no, wait. Uh, no, it was at the festival because I remember what's the park 
next to the theater. Oh, well, theater's not Kennedy. there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I know you saw it before I did because you got the the sweet uh, Jaws 3D glasses. The ones that had the little shark on it and it said Jaws 3D on the side. If you guys don't know what that is, look it up. Because when we went and seen it, it was just the regular white framed polarized 3D glasses. Yeah. Uh, we saw, um, we, it was a double feature with uh, Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin. We saw that first before we saw them together, right? Yeah. Yeah, we okay. saw that at the Century. Yeah, that was at the Century. But I hadn't seen Jaws 3D yet. Where did you see it the first time? At the Century. Um, uh, no, no, no. The first time I saw it was in uh, Carson City, Nevada. I uh, went with uh, my cousin Jimmy. Took me to see it. And then um, I saw it again at the UA in Berkeley. And then I saw it with you. All right. Because we had already seen Metal Storm. And I wanted to see Jaws 3D. So uh, moms took us to see it. So I mean, we, we sat through Metal Storm first. And then uh, Jaws 3, 3D came on. But really quick, Metal Storm. The destruction of Jared Sin. Uh, for those of you that do follow me or on uh, Instagram. I met uh, Dojin <laughs> from Metal Storm. Uh, Jeffrey Byron. I met him at the um, Texas Frightmare a few weeks ago. Uh, he signed my Blu-ray, and it was awesome. And I told him the story. I said, yeah, me and my brother went to go see uh, Jaws 3D, and Metal Storm was playing with it. And he just laughed. And he goes, yeah, I got a story to tell you. I was like, yeah, what's up? He was like, the company, the picture company, I can't remember who put it out. It was a... Um, Who's the guy that runs Full Moon, Full Moon Features? Uh, Charles Band. Yeah, him. I guess they didn't have faith in the film. <laughs> so they were saying, goes, yeah, so we, we wanted people to see it because it was they were cashing in on the 3D movement that was going on at the time because they had all kinds of uh, 3D movies, earlier 3D movies, like we had Amityville 3D, Friday the 13th 3D, uh, Space Hunter, The Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, that one. Uh, there was an animated one that was in 3D. What the hell was that called? Uh, oh, um, Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin. I never saw it, but I remember seeing, uh, the previous four and everything. What else came out back then? Uh, Friday 13, Space Hunter. Some of these 3D movies at the time, there was 82 and 83 I never even heard of. Uh, Treasure of the Four Crowns. Have you heard of that one? I, I've heard of it. I, I never saw it. Something called Silent Madness. Uh, Dogs of Hell. Coming at you. I remember that. Um, <laughs> Dogs of Hell. I've never heard of that. I never heard of these films. But uh, what you gonna call Frankenstein, or Flesh for Frankenstein, whatever. When I saw it, it was just Frankenstein 3D. Later, it was called uh, Flesh for Frankenstein. If you guys got, the, did you get that uh, <laughs> that, that box set for that movie? No, nah, man. I've never. Uh, I wasn't allowed to see those. I just remember you guys talking about them. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I heard there was just a lot of banging in it, and this my parents were like, "Nah, man, you don't need to see all that." Epps took us to see it. Took me and Jamie to see it. <laughs> of course he did. He probably saw it like four times already. <laughs> um, if you guys uh, go back a few years when Brian and I did uh, Thirty One Days of Horror, and we did uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, it, Brian had never seen it before, and it. That episode, we 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 got out of control with it. So I just saw it the one time in the theater, and then the rest of the times when it was on like up all night or everything. But somebody threw it on um YouTube, so we watched it and had a cool episode. But Jaws 3D, the, go ahead. Well, real quick, one of the one of the first like really cool 3D movies I ever saw was uh, Mom's took me to see um, House of Wax. The uh, Vincent Price one at the Century. Um, that, that was saw cool. That one in three. Oh, it, was, it had those. Uh, it had those uh, Blues Brothers style of three D glasses. Those black black frame ones. Was it the red and red and blue? No, no it was the straight up. Um, the polarized one. Fancy schmancy one, yeah. And I remember, like, it was it was really cool. Was just watching it. And I never, man, kicked myself in the ass. Um, just, a, just a real quick announcement to anybody out there that's close to me is if you ever invite me to an event, look at your calendars and see if there's any cinematic things that I like because I will definitely miss your event to go to that. Example, the first one and only time I had the chance to see Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, I had to go to a wedding or some damn thing. And I was mad. <laughs> Because it was right up here, it's right up the street of Century City in the AMC. <laughs> I could have went on 3D, but no, man, someone had to fucking get married or something. So, thanks. I saw, I saw a creature uh, from the Black Lagoon in 3D at the, remember the 50 Cent movies at Grand Lake? Yeah. Uh, Renee and I, uh, we went, not my wife, Renee, uh, Preston, we went and saw it. Because she was like, what are you going to see? I said, Creature in the Black Lagoon, and it's in 3D. She was like, all right, cool, let's go. So we walked over there. And it was the red and blue 3D glasses for Creature. It di- it didn't bother me back then, but now the red and blue 3D, yeah. oh, it gives me, like, a serious headache. I I, I can't. Because um, Friday the 13th, part three uh, in 3D. Uh, on the Blu-ray or the DVD as well, they, they have the 3D version. So I was like, oh, sweet, man. So I, dude, I barely got through the beginning. I mean, I got as far as, as the, the 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 two people in the store when that snake came out of the cage uh, in three D. Yeah. I was like, I was like, it was hurting my eyes. I was like, I can't, I can't watch it. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just didn't do it. I mean, they had, they were showing that and Jaws three D and Amityville three D and um, I want to say it was the Castro uh, a few years ago. Well, quite a few years ago, it was way before all the pandemic and everything, but it was the red and blue 3D. So I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to have seen those in 3D again, but not that. I, I can't do it. I mean, I don't even know if they have the polarized versions anymore because, like, the Blu-ray, everything, it's the red and blue, and I'm, I can't do it. So, but I um, I finally learned that it how to make that effect in Photoshop. So did the a 3D effect? 
Yeah, I did a couple of my figure shots and told people, you got the red and blue old schools, try it. And people, people liked it. Like, oh, man, how'd you do that? And, but um, I will say the last movie I saw in 3D now, like, is last year. Oh, man, if you saw it, you would have just, you know, Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I missed it when you went to go see it. <laughs> awesome. I mean, that the 3D that they they did, and that they they added a little extras in it, like exploding heads, they had shit flying at you. And um, one one effect I was really looking for is when uh, they were throwing pies in the zombies' faces, and that dude was a uh, Tom Savini was spraying them in the face with seltzer water. So when that came up, that was cool. But um. Prior to that, what was the last one I saw in 3D? Uh, Jurassic, no, Jaws. I saw Jaws in 3D, the original Jaws, and that was that was that was scary. Actually, we remember, huh? We could have had the, the the chance to see it in 3D and IMAX Jaws, but the only the regular version was playing during the day, and the 3D version wasn't playing until like 10 o'clock that night. I said, I don't want to. I said, other than that, I'll probably fall asleep, but I, I don't want to be getting out of there at midnight. So I was I was kind of bummed that they didn't have uh, earlier showings in 3D. But it was cool to see it in IMAX. It was on that huge screen, so that was awesome. But um, I will say, like before we get into it, the the best 3D experience I ever had with, with you was when we went and saw Piranha. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> God, we had that whole theater, man. Everybody, we had so much fun. Everybody was into it, screaming, <laughs> laughing. That whole theater was lit. That was so fun. We were just laughing with everybody next to us. It but was yeah. that that one that was uh, in the two thousands. Um, the guy that that directed the Hills Have Eyes and that movie uh, High Tension. The hell's his name? Yeah, um, um, Alejandro, uh, something. Uh, yeah, but that dude, he's like, he did, um, Al- oh, Alexander, Al- Alexander, yeah, didn't he do, um, Crawl? I think so. Is that the Al- one with the alligator in the basement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, he did that one. I liked a lot of his movies, man. I thought he did good. I know. I mean, High Tension was my favorite one he did. And when he did um, The Hills Have Eyes, I mean, that movie was awesome. I love that film. But Piranha 3D, I I, I didn't want to see it at first. But um, this is when Mike was living in Chicago. I was uh, on my way over there, and I kept seeing all kinds of stuff on social media. Like, oh, you got to go see this movie. It's awesome. It's awesome. And then, I don't know, it was just with me like that whole plane ride and I remember getting off the plane and uh, when I was on the train I was watching uh, some reviews and everything and they were going this sounds stupid and all this and I know if you guys love the the, the, the original one you're going to love this one so at this point I didn't know who directed it but then when I saw who directed it I was like alright dude because I was like as soon as I got the mic I said dude let's go see this so we jumped on the train and we went to the movie theater. But yeah, man, that was hella fun when we saw that. I wasn't expecting it to be what it was, but that movie was awesome. Yeah, the whole theater, there wasn't that many people and it was all just dudes our age, but we all just had a blast watching this awesome <laughs> film. 
it was so fun. It was like, it was just like we were in my room back in the yeah. old house. And just all of us, all of us dudes just in there just having bro time watching this. But yeah, man, that was, that was badass. But yeah, Jaws 3D. At the time, uh, I went to Universal Studios. Uh, it was before the movie came out. You know, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was out, but they were still hyping it up. So that's what I, I just I wanted to see it because the if you ever been to Hollywood or whatever, if you live down there, they really promote whatever is coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this was one. That they because when we went to Universal Studios right before you go up that road to to go to the parking lot, there was a big huge Jaws 3D sign and Jaws 3D was coming out of the sign, a big old giant shark head and there was a uh, a body laying inside of its mouth. I was like, I was like, oh my god! And uh, when we went into the park, there was just Jaws 3D posters everywhere, T-shirts, this and that. Um, then of course you ride the little tram ride and see Jaws, which is I love. I know people, everyone hates it, but um, and then we we drove around Hollywood Boulevard and then the theaters we were passing. I remember seeing uh, the marquees, big Jaws 3D and big giant shark heads coming out of, out of uh, walls in the theaters. I was like, man, I was just I wanted to go see it there, but my mom and dad were like, nah, I don't want to see that. And I was like, oh man, so I didn't get to see it until. I don't know. It was like weeks later. It was. I think it was like almost out of its out of the theater. But anyway, um, the uh, the guy from Metal Storm, uh, Jeffrey Byron, he they, he said, yeah, he said that the studio didn't have faith in it. So that, you know what, the big huge 3D craze. Let's let's double it up with Jaws 3D to get people to go see it. We had already seen Metal Storm already, so. It was awesome film, so we watched it again. But me wanting to see Jaws 3D, I had to sit through that again to get to it. And you had already seen it twice already, so I was, I was ready for this. I mean, I I had the the Jaws 3D cards for those of you that were old enough to remember. Did you have any of those? I still have them. Yeah. Shit, man, I seen some too one time at some con. Guy was only selling them for like a couple bucks. And I was like, man, I'm kicking myself for not buying. I just wanted one pack. Of course, I would have opened it up. Uh, you open it up. If you guys, the, the trading cards, the, the the cards with stills of the film. But on the back of the card, it was like a drawing, but it was in 3D, like the red and blue. It, uh, the pack, other than the little nasty stick of gum it came with, it came with small little 3D glasses. So you were able to look and see the, the 3D images on the back of the card. I want to say I had the whole set because I remember just buying all of those all the time. And I don't know, maybe mom just threw them away. because I don't know where they are. But uh, if I do see them again at a con, I just want one pack. I'll buy it just just to have it. Um, speaking of cards, right now in front of me, I got uh, some Empire Strikes Back cards that are still wrapped up. I was at a con and I won it in a raffle. So I don't I've never opened any of them. I think I got like one. Six packs. I don't know if it was from the original run. I think they still kind of print them somewhere. But, but yeah, the Jaws 3D cards and the promotion for this film was all over the place. And I remember seeing the trailer for the first time. I don't know. We went and saw something at the drive-in. And uh, I remember looking over to the next screen and they showed the Jaws 3 3D 
trailer, but I couldn't hear it. So I was like, man. So, but whenever we were watching, they also threw the trailer onto that. So I was like, oh my god, it was it was cool. It was that that one gentleman that always does all the voices. He did the uh, the trailers for the first two Jaws when you hear him talking. And all that, his voice is just, when you hear that, all, all I think of is trailers. So he did that, and it was like they kept showing one and then two, and then you see the shark fin swimming, swimming at you, and then it says, uh, what does it say? The third dimension is terror, and then the big fin turns and jaws 3D and all this. So I was just like, oh, my God, I was just so excited. No internet or anything. We just happened to be, if you knew it was coming, and when I finally got to see it, I just remember, I remember sitting, we were watching Metal Storm. I was just sitting there like, all right, all right, I've already seen this. Come on, get let's get to Jaws 3D. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Metal Storm. It's an awesome film. It's goofy, goofy 80s, but uh, I loved it. Uh, shout out to um, Willie Nelson. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Tim Thomerson. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> uh, not Little Man. Um doll man and all the other crazies. I loved him in uh, Rhinestone. Barnett. (laughs) You bloodied my nose. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says, man. Sylvester Stallone and uh, Dolly Parton, Rhinestone, that movie's hella funny. I love it. Hell yeah, that is. (laughs) They need to to put it on on Blu-ray. I have the DVD somewhere. But anyway, Jaws 3D, uh, 1983. P- rated PG, only an hour and 39 minutes. A giant 35-foot shark becomes trapped in a SeaWorld theme park, and it's up to the sons of police chief Brody to rescue everyone. All right, that was um, IMDb. Let's go to Google. After a young great white shark finds its way into a sea-themed park managed by Calvin Bouchard, workers try to capture it. But the facilities attempt to keep the shark in captivity as dire consequences, a much larger mother shark appears in search of its offspring. Among those who must battle the angry aquatic killing machine are marine biologist Catherine Morgan and her co-worker Mike Brody and a pair of friendly dolphins. It came out July 22nd, 1993 and was directed by Joe Alves. I think that's his uh, yeah. name. Joe Alves. Alves. Uh, distributed by Universal Soldier. Uh, really quick, the budget was 18 million, and a box office 88 million. They were riding high on 3D uh, when they when they brought it back in the 80s, because like that the list of movies that I said um, that they were putting them out, and pretty much a lot of uh, Amityville 3D, Jaws 3D, Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D, and what they they wanted a Halloween 3 to be in 3D, but they, they said, nah, well, we, we're not going to do that. But so they were riding on the number three, the third installments in, in these uh, franchises. So, but to me, I thought Jaws 3D was the, the coolest title. I thought it just, to me, I, I just couldn't. I mean, Amityville 3D, I was like, eh, okay, whatever, which is good. Go back and listen to Brian and I's review. We did that a couple years ago as well. Um, I've done many Friday the 13th episodes, and I did talk about uh, part three. But this one, 
I I was all in on it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Jaws. Uh, Mike and I did a rewind for Jaws 2, if you guys heard that. Um, the reason I wanted to do this, I was listening to, um, I guess it's a podcast, but he has a YouTube channel as well. Um, what was that guy's name? He was doing a Jaws interviews. Jaws, he was, uh, it's called The Daily Jaws. Look up their um their channel on YouTube, uh, and there's uh, videos of interviews. The first one I watched is when they interviewed uh, Gary Gary Springer. He played uh, Andy in Jaws two, and then I started listening to uh, Anne Doonesbury. She played uh, Tina Wilcox, uh, and they're just talking about all the, the the stories they had making the film. And then partying and having a good time. So I was sitting there going, man, I started looking at this this page of the Daily Jaws. And he interviewed hella people from Jaws, too. So I want to go back and uh, finish watching all of those. But, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I, I loved this film from the very first time I saw it. And then once it hit... Uh, cable and all that. The 2D version, uh, when, when we see it, it just says Jaws 3. But if you saw it, if you're one of the lucky ones that got to see it in 3D, on the big screen, not the blue and red 3D ones you can watch at home. When the Jaws 3D comes out, it goes, it's like a big Jaws mouth. And it's Jaws 3D and it's coming at you. And in, in these days, in the 80s, it was those these 3D movies where everything was coming at you for no reason. Um, <laughs> but it worked. It worked for these films. I mean, they're all goofy and everything, but this one, I thought it was good. I mean, my kids, when I always, when we would sit and watch this film, mainly the end, they just laugh at it. They're like, what, what did you like about this movie? It's so bad. I'm like, you guys are spoiled with your CGI. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love good CGI, but I mean, we didn't have that growing up. We were getting CGI, but they, don't, they didn't use any in this because we already had Tron, and I think we had Last Starfighter by now. I, I can't remember when that one came out. Shout out to Nick Castle. Uh, I met him uh, last weekend at the Sinister Creature Con. I didn't ask nothing about Halloween. I was talking about the Last Starfighter and everything. But um, so the, what we got, practical effects, uh, the, the matting of this for, for the 3D stuff. Uh, when you watch the 2D version, it does look horrible. I mean, even any of the 3D movies, actually, if you watch them like in 2D or even maybe in 3D, the edges of the, of the, of the frame that you're looking at look all blurry at times. But um, they did use the big giant 3D cameras. Uh, for this film, it was shot all at uh, SeaWorld in uh, Orlando, and I just, I just loved everything about this film. Let's run through some of the cast. We got Dennis Quaid coming, coming as Mike Brody, Bess Armstrong as Catherine Morgan, Simon, oh, I can never, Manimal, uh, yeah, McCorkendale as Philip Fitzroy's. Academy Award winner Lou Gossett Jr. as Calvin Bouchard. Uh, John Putch, I think that's how you say his name, as uh, Sean Brody. Uh, the beautiful Leah Thompson as Kellyanne. Oh, man. Ukoski, Kowalski, I don't know how to say her last name. 
And uh, P.H. Moriarty as Jack Tate and then a bunch of other people in this. Um, but yeah, though, that was a pretty much uh, the main ones. I was, I was reading some uh, trivia and everything, and uh, I guess there was an interview with Dennis Quaid um, some years back, and they were asking him, they had somebody, I guess they asked him about this, and he was like, oh man, that's, I was coked up the whole time. He said, every time you saw him on the screen, he was high on coke. So I was, I was like, damn. Um, and this movie, this was the first film that Leah Thompson was in. So she was uh, pretty fresh in this. I know Renee hates Leah Thompson. I loved, loved her since Jaws 3D and everything else she has done. Lou Gossett Jr., he was the one I was shocked at because I believe he's been in uh, tons of movies. Was um, uh. Officer and gentleman out already during this uh, time. I think it was. Yeah, a year before. Yeah, it was uh, eighty eighty two, and that's what he won uh, Academy Award from. He was also in Roots and that awesome sci fi film that he teamed up with uh, uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid again. Uh, Enemy Mine. If you guys haven't seen that, check that one out. That one came out in nineteen eighty five. We might have to do with that one. I haven't seen it in a while, but I love that movie. But um hey man you got you do what you got to do to pay the bills and uh he took this role in it i mean i he was a, a strong character in this he was um the guy that was uh, in charge of uh the sea part was it called sea world i think so yeah um and then uh just not to you know kind of fast forward a bit uh but one of my favorite quotes from a a big A-list legendary actor was from uh, Michael Caine from Jaws of Revenge. <laughs> he asked him about it and he goes, I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the house that it built because he just did it so he can get money to build a house. <laughs> He's like, I've never seen it. I heard it's dreadful, but I did see the house that it built and the house is beautiful. Uh, yeah. You do what you got to do. <laughs> um, the only characters that were in all four movies was Mike and Sean Brody. They were different actors all through all four films, but I mean, they were the only ones. Like they tried to get uh, Roy Scheider, Scheider, but he just laughed at it. He didn't even want to do Roy Scheider didn't even want to do the second one, but he was, uh, I guess, he was in a Universal contract and he was supposed to give him two pictures, and he. Try, he fought it. He tried to get out of it, and then there was no way. I mean, his his agent and his lawyers like, dude, you, you already signed this contract. You got to do it. So he just, well, he actually tried to get fired from that film. From what I was yeah. reading, he <laughs> would show up late. He got into many fights with the the director, and I guess they had a few directors on on the third one. And uh, I was, guess it was originally ahead. supposed to be a comedy. No, this supposed, one was. This uh, yeah, Jaws 3D be, was supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a, a parody. But yeah, Jaws 2, I've heard the story. Yeah, he just, he didn't, he hated it. Yeah, because when, the, when the, the the Daily Jaws uh, YouTube page, every time they they asked the actors, they would, how was Roy Scheider? And he, they were like, no, he was he was cool. And he goes, I understand that he had issues with, with the production people, but as far as all the, the, the actors, the young actors, they said, no, nah, he, he was cool, but he did kind of keep to himself. But I guess when they read this 
they handed him the script. I don't, he didn't even read it. He was like, I, I, I'm not doing this. He actually took uh, Blue Thunder. He took that role. If you guys haven't seen that, we got to do that one too. If you guys haven't seen Blue Thunder, uh, check that one out. Um, he did that so he didn't have to do this one. Maybe he was thinking that maybe somehow they were going to rope him in to coming back to this. But So that's why he took uh, Blue Thunder. Awesome film. Did I say that with you? No, I only saw that once. I saw it with Chess. Oh no! Um, it was it was me, Jamie, and my mom and dad. I assume Daryl and Brian weren't around yet. Yeah, they they weren't around. But um, we saw it was a. I think it was either I think it was Octopussy. It was a double feature with Octopussy. And Blue Thunder. I already seen Octopussy a few times, but I wanted to see Blue Thunder after what you were telling me. So that's what we stuck around. We watched that. But yeah, so when they were filming that, I guess they they wanted they like you said they wanted this one to be a comedy. It was going to be like a National Lampoon's uh, Jaws three, uh, People Zero, or something stupid like that. That's what they wanted to to call this, but they were like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it. Jaws three people zero. They wanted it to be to be a comedy, like a spoof of uh, them actually trying to make a Jaws film and everything. But uh, that got thrown around. But the people were like, "Now nah. the guys that uh, produced the first two films, they tried to get them involved in this too. Uh, David Brown and Richard Zanuck, and they were like, "Hell no, we 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 we're staying away from this." So, but. Uh, Universal, I mean, they own the property and they're like, you know what, we, we want this so let's, uh, they wanted to cash in on the 3D movement that was happening so they put this movie together. I mean, this is one of the movies, this one and I know everyone hates Jaws of Revenge the most, but a lot of people now that come across this film, uh, or even back when it came out in 83, people hated it and people hate it now throughout the years. But I've never hated this movie. I love this one. I'll, I'll fight and defend this movie to the end. It's goofy and stupid. We don't even get the awesome uh, John Williams theme song in this. Not once. All we get is uh, whatever, whoever did the music, uh, Alan Parker. Um, that's all we get. I mean, I, his score was good, but we just didn't get a any of the Jaws theme. I don't understand why. Maybe it was something between Universal and John Williams. I don't know. Did we get it in Jaws of Revenge? I don't remember. Just the Jaws theme? Yeah. It was just at the beginning, a variant of it, and it was just kind of the music cues are kind of scattered around. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you, you know, that, that film to me is like how you feel about... Uh, Thou shall not kill except I can't I can't watch Jaws 4 without just like I don't know and there's so many versions of it but we'll get into those later let's let's get into this one I love Jaws Revenge I don't care what anyone says I'll fight for that one too <laughs> shout out to Tim down in Australia he loves Jaws Revenge as well and yes it is a Christmas movie it happened during Christmas time but anyway yeah so uh, this the, the set for this one is in Orlando Florida at SeaWorld SeaWorld Orlando. And uh, in this one, again, they were trying to cash in on the 3D thing. So we see in the beginning, we see the the camera shots of the ocean, and then we see a fish, and then all of a sudden you hear, a, and there's all bloody, and then we see this awesome uh, 
fish head floating at the camera. And if you didn't see it in 1983 in the polarized 3D version, oh man, it looked glorious with the red and blue. It still looked cool to me, but I just can't watch it. It'll give me a headache. But I remember sitting there being amazed, like, oh man, this is awesome. Uh, give me more. And then we we see uh, SeaWorld and the, the ski show and everything that's going on. I, I've always loved that. Uh, when uh, Marine World is what we had here. And um, I've been to SeaWorld in uh, San Diego once when I was a little kid. I've been to Marine World more uh, times and everything. I've always loved the ski show. I always thought that was really cool. Never, ever water skied before. I don't know if I try it now. Probably drown. But I was always fascinated with, with what they do. Um, I always wanted to go to SeaWorld in Florida only because of this. But I'm sure they don't have no kind of Jaws 3D shit down there for it. But so we, then we're introduced to our characters, uh, Catherine Morgan and Mike Brody. And uh, what, was, what was Mike? Was he in charge of um, just the upkeep of the park? Yeah, he was the he designed it. He was the architect. Okay, he says he is working as chief engineer of SeaWorld uh, Orlando. Yeah, and he has his crew. Uh Catherine Morgan, she's one of the what do you call them? Marine biologists? Yeah. She was in charge of the aquatic dolphins and killer whales and and all that. Um so we we're just where we see all that. I guess there was some issue with um, uh, they were saying that uh, every hour, every couple hours, they uh, pump in uh, fresh seawater because the park was uh, there was a gate that was blocking it off uh, into the into the Atlantic. So water came and went. So every now and then they suck in some fresh seawater and then pump out the old stuff that was lingering around in the lagoon. So uh, that that shark that we see in the beginning, well, we don't see it actually, but it comes uh, with the uh, the sea the, or the water skiers. They're kind of doing their thing out in the ocean before they come back into the park. But then that shark is kind of following them. And then it ends up like crashing into uh, the gate and kind of wrecked it a little. So it kind of knocked it off the track. So uh, Mike sends this one guy to go down there to fix it. <laughs> and. And he goes in. Uh, what's his name? Shelby Overman. He Shelby goes down. Over. He goes down. There. He's one of the the aquatic mechanics or whatever they called him. He goes down there, and I I don't like getting in. I don't even like getting in the swimming pool at night. Or I guess like that's all right because there's lights in there. But getting in sea or a lake at night, no. I I, I just, I'm just too scared. I can't do it. But so he's in there. He's trying to fix it, and then he's trying to chain chain up the um the gate because i mean whatever it did he he tried to do what he can do but it was getting late and he wasn't being able to see good so he just kind of got a chain and padlocked the gate but while he's doing that we see something come in and he turns around and we see blood ah, i hear him screaming and then we see his arm floating at the camera <laughs> <laughs> it looks goofy in 2D, but the 3D was glorious. So that's that's it for him. And the next day, the park's going, everything and all that is happening. Um, 
we see more Mike and, and Catherine. They're they're a couple and they're dealing with the um the, the what were the dolphins' names? They had two dolphins. I think it was Sandy and Cindy and Sandy. What was it? Cindy and Sandy. Okay. Yeah, Cindy, Cindy and Sandy were, were were the dolphins, but I guess they were. Uh, they said they were acting up because they wouldn't come out of their little cages or whatever to go swim in the lagoon. They were kind of scared, so they they weren't really sure uh, what was going on. So uh, there's still this. Was it like the grand opening? No, it wasn't the grand opening of the park. It was the new underground undersea. Or under, what was it? The undersea kingdom. Yeah, and the undersea kingdom was just like a uh, tunnels that you can look out and see. That goes under the lagoon, and you could see all the fish and sharks and and what have you. They were that was they were unveiling that to the park. So um, Calvin Bouchard, Lou Gossett Jr., he was trying to uh, get it all together and have this big shing, big shingding of it. So they were just trying to keep the the, the park and everything. Uh, in order, so but all during all that, other than uh, Shelby disappearing, uh, Mike's brother Sean came to visit. Uh, he came, and if you guys remember the what happened in Jaws two, uh, he was much younger, but he was still has that terrorize uh, of the water because he he almost got eaten a few times in that film. But actually, that we saw that I can't remember that one girl's name that uh, died. They got eaten right in front of Sean. Like feet away from it, if you guys remember that film. So he was still scared of the water. Uh, we're also introduced to um, Leah Thompson's character. What the hell was her name? Uh, Kelly. We're introduced to her. She's one of the water skiers in the show. And uh, but then why they they're bringing in um, Phillips Fitroy, Phillips Fitroyce, and uh, Fitzroyce and uh, Jack Tate. Um, what were they? Other than photographers, were they? Um, they were just like well-known, like uh, Jacques Cousteau, or like uh, like uh, what's his name, uh, Steve Sisu. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were just like well-known uh, divers and adventurers. Yeah, that's what it says: adventurer and hunter. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like the Batman and Robin of of oceanography. <laughs> yeah, because uh, he, they were trying to uh, film and take pictures of the this grand opening of the underwater kingdom and everything. That's why they brought uh, them in. It was a good thing they brought they they came in because they come in to get handy as the film goes on. So the, all this is going on, and then uh, Shelby's girlfriend comes running up and said he goes up to Mike and says he hasn't come home. Uh, he he was gone all night, and she was all mad because he was probably talking to that bitch that sells souvenirs or whatever. I, I can't remember. Somebody that works in the park. And then they're like, well, I haven't seen him. So everyone's kind of like, well, who knows? Maybe he's somewhere and just got drunk. So they're not really sure where he's at. So they kind of tell everyone, look, he's missing, but we don't. We don't know where he is. And they're like, well, F, F all that. We got to get this, get this place going. So the park opens up. Everything's uh, going strong. Uh, Mike is just hanging out with his brother. They kind of, he's, he's hanging out with um, 
the hell was her name? Kelly, Leah Thompson. He's trying to get it. Well, she was trying to give him some, but he was all scared. But she lures him into the water. He's, uh, I'm going to be going to speed through this and everything. Not much was happening until the end. Uh, we see there was there was deaths in this, but there wasn't a lot. Um, we, we see that we, we don't see it, but these two guys that uh, sneak into the park uh, and they wanted to go s- steal some of the, I guess, really priceless coral that they put at the bottom of, of the lagoon because they kind of go down there and they're saying we were going to steal it. And then they it was well, it's kind of funny, though, was it like <laughs> we're going to go down there and get this coral. The guy said that he can give us two hundred dollars for the good stuff. Like, two hundred bucks. But that was, was then. Yeah, that was big money in 83. Now it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so they they kind of go into into the water and one of them's under the water and then we see his light uh and then it just kind of disappears but he's got like a, a tether rope to him and then all of a sudden the rope starts getting yanked and the guy that's in the boat gets sucked into the water and he kind of just swims back up to the top and then the shark gets him and he just kind of just gets sucked under the water so that's those two get killed so then, next day, parks open. Everyone's having a good time. The underwater kingdom is open. Uh, the, the the tourists or the, the everyone and park attendees are walking through it. Uh, they're still trying to figure out what the hell's happening. I mean, then this is when this was my favorite part, and I loved it. Even when we saw it the first time in the theater, the the people. Oh, then all the crazy 3D effects because they had this big uh, montage of uh, the dolphins and the the killer whales jumping out of the water and they're coming straight at the camera and just all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, the people that are walking into the underwater kingdom, there's uh, like um, there was some kind of dragon or something that was uh, up of, above the, the entrance and then the camera zooms on that and it's got this tongue coming out, coming at the camera. You're walking in there. There's things that scare you. There's like these tentacles, uh, octopus arms or whatever you call them, hanging out and grabbing people and everyone's screaming. So everyone's walking through, looking out uh, out the windows and everything. And these one girls are staring out this one. and like, Oh, cool. Look, look, look. And then all of a sudden, here comes Shelby Overman, his dead, what's left of his uh, dead body. <laughs> Kind of floats up to the to the glass, to this little circle glass where people are. This is what it's funny, but I still don't understand why they did this. Everyone's like ah, screaming, uh, sweet practical effect, but everyone's screaming, and then they start pushing. And the one girl that was screaming the loudest, she gets pushed up against the uh, the glass, the window, and uh, Shelby's the dead body is floating right there. She's just going ah, and then. T- uh, next thing you know, they 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 dove in. They got his body, and um, uh, Mike and Catherine go down uh, to see it. So, oh, because you, you forgot a big chunk the uh, the baby shark. Remember they when they went oh. down to look for Shelby's body. Mike and uh, Catherine go down to the undersea kingdom. There's an old pirate ship down there, one of the attractions, and they go and they they're searching there to see if his body washed up there. And then um, this great white slams into the boat when they're in there. And then 
they see it and then the dolphins come and, and take them out and then uh, they go to shut the gate and then that little shark, the, the great white hits the gate and then they tell Fitzroyce and, and Jack, they're like, you know, we have a great white here and they're like, at first they want to kill it and then uh, Catherine convinces Calvin Bouchard to let's capture it because there's no other aquarium that has a great white. We can be the first. So he's like, all right, because he likes money. So Fitzroy's <laughs> like, yeah, man, she, she, that's a good idea. We can do it. We can catch it. So they go down. They do a night hunt for whatever reason. They do a night hunt and they end up catching this shark. The, and then um, they take it and they nurse it back to health. Then they put it on attraction. And then, uh, well, well, they had it under thing because um, they got throwing the the awesome three D effect when uh, Catherine's in the water in one of those um steel shark suits or whatever. Uh, those things must be heavy. So she's swimming in there, and then they have the um the the harpoon guns with I don't know some kind of knockout tranquilizer in the in the tip or whatever. So when it's the dorsal fin is uh, sticking out of the water. Uh, Mike gets it and he shoots it. And of course the harpoon has to come at the camera and it hits the fin and knocks out uh, the shark. So they catch it and then they put it down in the, the lower parts of the park and they have this big uh, water tube that's pumping in, uh, I guess, fresh water for oxygen. And they're, they're kind of just walking it around in this tank. And then it kind of just springs back into action and then it starts swimming around. So they were still trying to do tests uh, on it just to keep it keep it alive because for some reason gray white sharks don't survive in in captivity. Remember, uh, were you still living in the bay when they had that one at Stein? Was it Steinhardt Aquarium, the one in San Francisco? Yeah, I didn't get to see it. I think I was up here at the time, but I remember seeing it on the news. No, we were and kids. The, no, I saw the big, I saw the big frozen one they had, but no, they had a, um, it was, it was a smaller one They and you know, that one room, the, the big, uh, round, uh, tank when you yeah. walk upstairs, that, that round one, they had it in there. This is what I saw on the news. They had it in there, but it was swimming the opposite way. It wouldn't go because that, that if you guys have been to that aquarium, that is big round room and, uh, all the fishes are going pretty much one direction. I don't know if it was clockwise or counterclockwise. I can't remember. But that when they put that gray white in there, it was swimming the other way. They had it in there for maybe a day or two, if, if I remember right. But then they had to take it out because it started slamming into the, um, into the glass or into the wall. And they yeah. were saying it like it was like, it didn't know where it was and everything. So they, they took it out, took it back to the ocean and threw it in there and, I'm sure they tagged it and then just threw it back in and let it go back in the wild. But um, I wish I would have got to see it. I didn't. I didn't get to. I just saw the uh, the news coverage on it. But the only great white I've seen is the one they had in a big giant um, uh, freezer tank. It was like a glass case, but it was uh, like refrigerated. I couldn't tell you how big that thing was. It was big, but I remember just. I dude, I was like scared just looking it was dead but i was just scared looking at it and i remember looking like straight at it like to see the nose and the big huge mouth and all the teeth 
And I was like, I, I couldn't imagine that thing coming at me. <laughs> uh, and then I and I walked over because I always remember that that one uh, scene in the first film, Jaws, when um, Quinn is telling the the in, Indianapolis story. When you're saying that he goes, the thing he never forgot was the the, the black, lifeless eyes of of the sharks. And I remember standing there staring at that shark. It just looked like a black marble. And I was like, ooh, it, it was creepy. It, yeah, it was dead and everything, but I was still looking at that thing like, man, I I, can't, I couldn't imagine. I, I don't want to ever see that. It would be cool to see one alive, but I want to be on a big, giant boat. <laughs> I saw Jaws. Um, oh, the one you saw the in that museum that is hanging on the ceiling. How big was that? And which... Oh. Which uh, model. Uh, model was it? It's the original Bruce, uh-huh. the one that Greg Nicotero did. Yeah, yeah, it's at the Academy Museum, um, hanging on the on the ceiling. It's on the ceiling. That thing's that thing's huge, and even though it's it's a uh, you know it's a model of you know it's still scary as hell. I mean, I would I I give props to whoever like gets in the water and acts with that thing. That's no. what um yeah uh the guy that played Andy in Jaws too he goes yeah we knew it was fake he goes but where they were film they were filmed Jaws too in Florida they didn't film they filmed a little bit up at um Martha's Vineyard but I guess most of the scenes in out in the ocean was down in Florida um he said where they were filming the the cable junction part. They said that the water water was real murky, and he goes, and there was times where we had to jump in the water and try to swim. But they said, other than you have all these wires and everything in there to they go to the shark. He said he swam by it, and he goes, when you're in the water and you open your eyes and you're swimming and you see that shark, he goes, all I saw was that eye and the teeth. He goes, I know it was fake. He goes, but it scared me. <laughs> so he like swam hella fast. <laughs> but yeah, man, like you said, I, I'd be scared, even fake or not. But that in the water coming at you, now nah, I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, so they, they had the uh, they captured the little small shark. They um, uh, park opened everything. Everyone's going wild. Um, uh, Bouchard, like like Mike said, he he was all about money. He needs to get those dollars. So there was like, you know what? Put that shark up in the exhibit, up in the for so everyone can see. Move so, the yeah, move the fish. So they, they put it up there, and it, it didn't even look like that big of a tank. It looked like um, one the of those little, little the waiting pool, the little petting pool. Yeah, about uh, like about three feet deep. Yeah, and there was like no kind of. Uh, the barrier around it. Everyone was just like right up, leaning on the edge of this pool. And I mean, again, it's a, it's a great white shark. No matter how big it is, man, it's still dangerous. It swam up and killed someone, but it didn't. So uh, they had it in there. But then uh, um, Kate and um, Mike here, or Catherine, I'm sorry. Uh, sh- they hear the announced uh, the announcement that yeah we got a great white and it's the only one in captivity at pool whatever, so they go rushing over there and they get there they see the part they see the the shark swimming in this pool in a circle and all of a sudden it just like flips over uh, on its back, 
So they jump into the water and they try walking it around, but it, it was too late. The thing died. So they're like, all right, man, F it, whatever. Yeah, them, let me jump back over. People are down in the underwater kingdom, all crazy little 3D things coming at you. And then they find uh, Shelby's body uh, floating up and people see it and start screaming. So they take the body out of the water and they take it down <clears throat> into the wherever they were examination room at this park. And uh, they know they say, well, he was probably killed by this, this great white shark that was in there. So Mike goes and looks at it. They, they show it really quick. Um, awesome practical effect. Pause it. If you guys haven't seen it. Um, but Mike looks at it and he turns around like, he's getting ready to throw up. And Catherine wants to look at it and they're like, I don't think you should see it. And she goes, look, if it's a shark attack, I've seen them before. So she pulls the thing back and she looks at it and she's like, oh, fuck. But then they're like, she, 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 like she said, she's seen them before. And then she's like, this little shark didn't do this. So that's when they go rushing to, um, they had this underwater restaurant, uh, that I think it was a part of that, uh, underwater kingdom thing, but they had, it was, it was kind of, it was neat. I mean, good idea. I don't know if they really had it in there, but. Uh, it was like a, a round room, a restaurant, and it was like um, they had sharks swimming around, like whatever kind of sharks. They had little small ones, but they had this, um, they were like, how do you keep all the sharks like right here? They had like a bubble screen. I guess sharks don't like bubbles. I don't know if that's true or not. So there's, and that's what keeps them right here so we can see them. So Mike and Catherine, they run down to, to Bouchard and tell him, like, look, the the shark that killed, the shark we had didn't kill Shelby over him. He said, he did. They go, no. And they're like, well, who's dead? And they're saying it's mother. And then they're like, what? And then he goes, there's another shark in the park. At this point, we didn't, they didn't see it yet. Um, and uh, it was off. I, it was also the one. The big shark was the one that killed those two guys that were trying to steal the coral. We didn't see it. We just saw. We just know they died. Um. So they're like, he's like, what? And this this scene was cool. I always loved it. They're still trying to tell him and convince him, and all of a sudden we get the p the the p POV shot of the shark swimming through the uh, bubbles, and then it just comes in, and then we we see the restaurant from. The shark's view, and uh, oh, what did Mike say when he could? You can hear it and make it out. I, I never can never forget. He just sees it and points at Look, the. Uh, it's right there. That's what he says. And then everybody looks and turns, and we see this big shark head, and everyone ah starts screaming, and then they then it kind of just kind of takes off, and then they're like. Uh, oh, no, they were saying Cindy and Sandy are in the water. And then they're like, the fucking uh, the ski show. So everyone, Mike goes running. Catherine goes running to try to, to get her dolphins. Uh, we see uh, Sean Brody and um, the hell's her name? Kelly. Uh, Kelly, earlier she got him into the water. And it was just some scenes that they, they just did because... Sean was scared to get in the water, but she got him to get in the water and he thought he was going to get some, but uh, Mike and Catherine showed up and ruined it. So, but she got him, uh, him onto one of those little bumper boats. 
So he's just like, all right, whatever. Can can we go in now? And then something happened to the boat that wasn't working. And then here comes uh, Big Mama Shark comes up and hits their boat. And ah, they fall into the water. It kind of swims around and it takes a um, a little bite out of or just like bitter. It bit um, Kelly, Leah Thompson's character in the leg. Uh, I think she just got like punctured by one tooth. And then it goes swimming off. Um, and then it goes to the um, to the water show. But when they brought Kelly out of the water and then we see her her leg, it's like a big, huge gash on the top where uh, it got she got bit. And so Mike is like, fuck, I got to run. He's hauling ass through the park trying to get over to the to the ski show. I like this scene because I like when he just it made me laugh. It still makes me laugh today. He jumped into into the little golf cart that was for some reason had a big old tray of popcorn in boxes and when he takes off all the popcorn falls and all these little kids go yeah just jump on the popcorn so he's hauling ass over there he kind of he crashes because people getting in the way he makes it over to the to the water ski show and then he's just trying like hey come in here come in here and we see the skiers and everything going on the show's going on and then he uh takes the mic from the the guy that's uh uh, narrating the show, and he's like, "Come on, bring him in, bring him in there." He's just yelling and screaming, and all of a sudden, we see the the water skiers are going. They're like doing the the pyramid. I love this shot too; it was pretty cool. We see the the, the people on this on the water skis, and all of a sudden, that big dorsal fin comes out of the water and is like right behind them, just hauling ass uh, after them. And they're all like, "Ah!" One of them, they're when they're still doing the the pyramid, the trick. I guess one of the girls kind of turns around and goes, "Look." What is that? And then she starts screaming, and then everyone's screaming, and ah, everyone falls into the water. Did any, did any of them get killed? Uh, none of the water skiers did. Okay. Um, yeah, they all kind of swim swim to shore. Uh, some guys in the boats, uh, the little speed boats, they, they were trying to uh, distract it. And then uh, everyone kind of got away. So they're all like, so the, it was, the shark was still swimming around the water, and then it ends up going to the um, the underwater kingdom. And there's people down there. People are walking along and, and all this, and then they're like, look, look, our mommy, look at the big fish. And then everyone looks over there, and here it comes full speed and slams into the side of one of the, uh, of the tunnels, and it kind of just kind of cracks it, and then water starts going in. And everybody's ah, trying to run, but I guess um, the, the pressure in there uh, it set off some kind of sensor because then it started shutting doors uh, for the, the little uh, little connector parts. So they were trying to get everybody into those. So the, the, the doors were shut. There was oxygen in there, but then water still got in. So there was a lot of people trapped in there, and they're like, fuck, what are we going to do? Uh, they were trying to kill it. But um, Fitzroyce had the idea of like, you know what? Let's 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 not do this. Let's let's try to catch it and uh, and film it while they're trying to do it. So they're like, oh, wait, what? Uh, earlier when they were trying to catch the the other one, they had the uh, water grenades, and they were like, nah, you can't use those because if it blows up, it's gonna mess up all kinds of shit uh, underwater. So. But now they got a bigger giant shark. I guess the first one was 
like 10 feet and this this mama one was 35 feet so they were like all right we're, we're gonna do what we gotta do so he's like you know what uh Fitzroy's gonna look we're gonna distract it so you guys can go down there and fix the uh patch up the tubes so everyone can get out of there and they're like what how are you gonna distract it and he goes well we're gonna uh, distract it with live bait and they're like what and basically uh, Fitzroy was going to be in the water they had they tied some uh, ropes to some ladder and um, what, what what was that the uh, filtration pipe yeah because they were saying that's where it was hiding before that's why they, they never saw it I guess from that uh, the, the constant uh, motion and the, the water coming in and out uh, was able to the, the shark was able to survive and get oxygen from the from the fresh water going back and forth in there because I guess that's where it was hiding. So they said, we'll lure it in there, we'll shut off the pumps, and drown it. So that was their thing. So why uh, Fitzroyce and um, Jack Tate, his buddy, uh, they, were, they were down there distracting it. They went underwater, and um, they had uh, – Jack was filming it. Um, Fitzroyce was, he had, he was banging, I don't know, a wrench or something on, on metal to, for the shark to hear it. And so it started swimming after him. So they got it into, uh, the filtration pipe. Then they brought this big giant cage, uh, the door, uh, uh, down and, and, and locked it. So they said, all right, um, and the little control underwater control center. They said, all right, we got him in there. You guys, Mike and your crew get down there and fix it. So they all jumped in the water and they went down there and started fixing up the pipes, uh, patched everything up, got all the people out of the tunnels. But when Fitzroy was, he had like a, um, a tether rope to tie to a ladder. Uh, and he was just kind of just pulling along. I don't know why that shark didn't just go full speed and get him, but I don't know. I didn't make this movie. Um, of course, it looks totally fake, but what, that's what I loved about the first two. I mean, we know it's fake, but the water's so dark and murky, you it worked. But with this water, especially in, in the next one, when we can clearly see how fake it looked, but it, it just, I don't know, it, it, I still get enjoyment from it, but it just looks terrible. <laughs> but shout out to the guys that, that made the actual shark mold and everything. This. No CGI, everyone. It was all made by hand. This is an all or nothing days. So it's swimming. Fitzroyce is trying to pull himself. But I, I still have an issue with this. Like, if you, this little lifeline is, is going to keep you alive, I would have double knotted that thing. Because it just, from him pulling on it, and the, it just unravels, and then he, it unties from the from the um, the ladder, and he's like, ah, he's trying to swim as fast as he can. Uh, but then Jaws just uh, right goes up, doesn't bite him, just swallows him whole. And then he's in there. I like this scene, though. It's really cool. You get shot from the inside, and it's, I don't know. I guess it was trying to chew him or something, but the insides uh, of the, again, the shark is huge. So, because he just gets sucked right into into his mouth, and the insides uh, of his throat just like is crushing him. He just, you hear him all that kind of screaming and everything. And I guess basically he just crushed him. So, but 
uh, Jack, he he went back up into the c- control center, and then he was like, "Where's where's Mister Fitzroy's?" And they're like, "Nobody came up." So he runs, he kind of gets back in the tunnel, and he's like, "Ah, what was he yelling?" I don't remember. Um, Pull the pin, because Fitzroy had a grenade. He had one of those grenades in his hand, and he's like, "Pull the pin, Philip! Pull the pin!" Yeah, so he's screaming for his buddy, and then he's just like, oh, fuck, man, he's dead. So, again, they patched up everything, and everyone, all the people that were trapped in, in the underwater thing got out. So they're like, oh, fuck. And then they had it in there, and they had the shark locked up in there. But then it uh, started uh, moving its tail, trying to get out. But it, it just couldn't. So it was just banging its tail against the fence. And then, uh, I don't know, the little lock that they stuck in there was like a aluminum hollow tube. So the, the pressure of it pushing and pushing on it, it finally just bent and then just came out. And the, the little gate went back up. And then it was able to, uh, I didn't know sharks could swim backwards, but all right. <laughs> so it swam out uh, backwards. And uh, Mike and... Um, Catherine, they were still in the water, and then the, the shark got out. So they were like, ah! So they were trying to swim to the uh, to the little control tower, but they got there, and the shark was like hot on his heels. So because when they when they were they got into the door, and it like it, it took a bite, like his jaw or whether was stuck in the door, but they got it out. So they shut it, and they went up into the little control tower. So Mike's up there, Catherine's up there. Uh, Calvin Bouchard and his nephew, um, <laughs> Fred. <laughs> Shout out to Alonzo Ward. <laughs> they were they were up there, and uh, one of the girls from uh, the Lizzies, uh, the Warriors. Um, she was the the other uh, lady that was in there. Uh, she was the one that went up to. Uh, I can't remember who it was. She was oh, so you guys are the famous Warriors. The ones that shot Cyrus, it was her. She was the other worker in um, in the little control center. So they're up there. They're all sitting. I don't know where Jack went. He just disappeared. He must have went back up to the surface uh, after Fitzroy's bought it. And this is like the best scene, and everybody hates it, especially my kids. <laughs> but... <laughs> They're they're all in the control tower, and all of a sudden it goes into slow motion. And the camera goes out. We see the um, the shark coming, and it's coming like hella slow <laughs> at the camera. And Tiga and, and all of them were just like, "Why do you like this? It looks so fake." But I don't care. I mean, it, it was amazing in uh, <laughs> in '83. But it's because they, they were saying it just looks like a picture and it's slowly coming uh, at the camera. It does. It's not even like moving its tail or anything. Then all of a sudden they're all just. Ah! And Brody's like, shit. And then it comes slow and then it just barely opens his mouth and his nose slams into the glass. And then psh, it breaks and all the glass comes at the screen. It looks totally stupid, but awesome in 3D. But then all the water starts pouring into that little control center. Um, Catherine and uh, Mike, they have uh, scuba gear on, so they kind of put their uh, masks back on and everything. 
uh, Bouchard grabs that other lady and she she gets knocked out and he kind of takes her up and gets her to safety. But uh, Fred, uh, Bouchard's uh, nephew, he's trying to swim away, but the shark comes in and they bites him. Shout out to the stuntman uh, that did that. <laughs> <His nephew. laughs> <laughs> he gets because there's one part he goes, just do what you're told, nephew. Wait, 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 wait look, look here, nephew. Yeah. <laughs> so Jaws kind of uh, grabs him and pulls him out, but it's oh. cool. It, it's it's a real guy at first because we see him kicking and moving, but then when the camera goes back on it, you can clearly see it's a fake dummy and it just starts chewing and then he's ah and you no, just see the, blood the, the sound effects he makes is pretty because you can hear it crunching yeah and he's just like he's just like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so Catherine and uh mike are in there and they put all their gear on um other than the big uh animatronic fish shark head that's in there we do uh, see an outside shot and it's like a, a claymation of the tail moving and his head stuck in the, in the control tower. So, uh, Catherine and Mike are looking around and when the, the mouth is opening, uh, up and down, they notice they see Fitzroyce still in his mouth and he's holding the a yellow grenade. So they're, they're making hand signals to each other. We don't hear them talking or anything. So, but Mike gets this like little metal metal or aluminum stick and bends it. And he's trying to uh, hook it. Catherine is trying to distract it. Um, and the head is just kind of going side to side. And Brody is, uh, Mike is trying to hook the little uh, ring from the grenade. So, but when he finally hooks it in there and pulls it out, it pulls the pin. Uh, and then they like swim out of the way really quick. And then all of a sudden the shark kind of backs up and then it just blows up. <laughs> Again, awesome in 3D, but cheesy if you're watching the 2D version. If you haven't seen this and you want to see it, YouTube has the whole ending on there, so definitely check it out. But but I like this scene. It was cool because when, when it blew up, uh, it was just like a big – we see the shark head, then all of a sudden it blows up, and we just see this big, huge explosion, but it's like a big red cloud coming at, at you. And then all of a sudden uh, there's a shot – of it and all these shark bits and come flying at the camera we have guts and then all of a sudden and there's a big huge blood cloud but then we see like uh the top and the bottom jaw of the of the shark come at the camera and <laughs> it was glorious everyone i don't care what anybody says so that's the end of the shark and then Mike and Catherine swim up to the top and they're like, huh, earlier we thought the the shark uh, killed one of the the dolphins because they were uh, the the, dol- the dolphins were trying were um, actually saved Catherine and Mike because when they were trying to swim to the control center the dolphins came in and were trying to get distracting the shark swimming in front of it and then one of them swam in front and it looked like it it bit down with we're assuming that it killed it, but it didn't because both of them were still alive and they're screaming, yeah, and then they jump out of the water and that's a very, a very poor, <laughs> a very poor uh, final scene because the dolphins are like half their size when they jump out of the water. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those films that now that we're 50 and I look back, it's like, why? But, <laughs> you know, I still watch it. I still appreciate it. Uh, good, good memories. And see, what, what helps is if the film is, is, is shitty, but you have good memories attached to that film. I think that's the definition of nostalgia. Because for us, like, if you really look at it and someone says, hey, gun to the gun to the gun to your head, is this is this film Oscar worthy? You're going to say no. But it was it fun when we saw it. Hell yeah. Is it fun because it has memories? Hell yeah. Like, um, you know, like demons, you know, <laughs> that, that that will always be one of my top five horror movies because we had so much fun watching it and it scared the crap out of me, you know, um. But this, yeah, this was this was you know legendary because it was in the heyday of '80s 3D movies, you know, like all the ones you mentioned, and it was one of the it was one of the more exciting ones. Uh, I never saw Space Hunter. Um, you never saw that one. Never saw, dude. I've never seen. Um, what was I telling somebody the other day? I finally I finally watched Footloose in its what? entirety. Yeah, oh, I've never seen Dirty Dancing. That's, I just recently watched that, like, within the last 10 years. I, I'd never seen it. And then Renee goes, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. I love Dirty Dancing. <laughs> okay. Here's here's another one that will shock a lot of people. I've never seen The Bride of Frankenstein. What? Yeah. I've never oh, seen man. I started watching it over Halloween last year, but then I forgot something something happened and we, we had to leave or something. But I never I never went back to it. From what I hear – People are saying that it's one of the better sequels that surpasses the original, which is like to me that's a bold statement because Frankenstein, that movie's legendary. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite black and white flicks. But you know, back to what we we're talking about, it's nostalgia. I mean, this film reminds me of when my mom took me when I saw it in, in Carson City, and when my then my dad, uh, pops took me to see it, and we saw it. I mean, we got, man, see, the best part is like we saw a lot of movies with, my, with moms. Yeah. She took us to see a lot of, so she, I remember the first time we saw Return of the Jedi, uh, we yeah. took you, we went. She took we, us to see Jaws 2. Yeah, and Dracula, <laughs> with Dracula, yeah. which is to me what it's, I'd probably say it's my favorite Dracula movie ever. Uh, we haven't done that, everyone. We're gonna. Yeah, but, um. Yeah, dude, that was a uh, gosh. She took us to see the Running Man, um, Time Bandits, Time um, Bandits, uh, Rambo, Rambo Two, um, Saturn Three. Yeah. Um, God, what else is she? So many movies she took us to see. It's uh, like almost every time I spent the night at your house, we went to the movies. Yeah, King and Kong. Kat, Kathy took us to a few. I don't think I ever went to movies with Chuck or Joe. They always took Jamie. Yeah. They left yeah. us at the house and they would take Jamie to the movies. Yeah, we weren't cool yet. No. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the movies, the, the, the 80s stuff that I talk about, I mean, Mike and I saw. I mean, that's why I had to bring him on because we saw this movie together in the theater in 3D. Which was awesome. I mean, I still want this poster. I mean, it's it's the same Jaws head from the the original poster as well as Jaws two, but they just added the 
the the skier, the water skiers, and the the the, the audience and everything. But it was it was cool, man. They said the the third dimension is terror. All new Jaws 3D coming this summer from Universal. The movie's not the greatest. It's goofy and everything, and it's total cheese 3D. I mean, because that was what we got uh, in the 80s. As far as all the 3D movies that we got in the 80s, uh, the, uh, hmm. I want to say Space Hunter was my favorite. Don't get me wrong. I love Jaws 3D, and I love uh, Friday the 13th, but I think Space Hunter, uh, The Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, uh, I just thought that one was cooler. I mean, when Metal Storm came out, I was like, oh, sweet, because uh, uh, Space Hunter was already out. But then when Metal Storm came, I was like, oh, my God, we had another cool little science fiction movie. It's goofy and it's cheesy, but it's it was awesome. It was a part of our childhood, as well as this, yep. Jaws 3D. I mean, it's... Again, I mean, depending on who sees it or who you talk to about this, a uh, majority of the people that I ever hear talking about it hates this movie. And they say it's so stupid. Why did they waste so much money on it? But, again, if you weren't around when, when this happened and, and can appreciate this type of goofiness, I mean, you just – you just don't get it. I mean, to me, I think some people that just hate on it are just are just haters completely. I mean, who knows? I mean, one of you guys listening to this probably didn't like it as much as much as I do. I mean, but yeah, of course, it, this is in my in my library. I want to get the VHS tape. I I don't ha- I don't have this one, but I did score uh, when I was. Uh, I sent you the picture of my uh, Dream Warriors VHS. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I saw a uh, Friday th- when we went to Sinister Creature Con. I saw Friday the Thirteenth. Oh fuck, they did. They had a job, man. Fucking it, man. I forgot. Um, when me and Eric were looking around, uh, they saw videotapes and they had a Jaws 3D VHS. I told Eric, "Remind me, I want to come back and get it." I just now remembered it. Fuck, I would have had it. Oh, but I saw a Friday the Thirteenth VHS, but it was one of the later versions wasn't the the poster that was on the original one like the one you have yeah. it, it wasn't that it was it was something goofy i didn't want i don't want that one i want the original one but i mean i'm sure i can go on ebay and find this this movie on vhs i mean i wanted just for the for my collection um i don't have a lot of vhs tapes that, that i collect but i just try to find the ones that uh that i love Oh, these is cheap. I can get it right now. Eight ninety nine. <laughs> I just, I just want a good box. I don't want it all thrashed. Oh man, yeah. I still have my um, VHS tapes at home. Ooh. I still have my Halloween one. I think I have Friday the Thirteenth one. If I do, you can have it. All right. Um, Here's one. Here's brand new, shrink wrapped and everything. Fifty bucks. I um. Do it. Do it. <laughs> 50 bucks, $75. There's another one. This fool selling it for 225 Yeah, 225 Oh, it's sealed and graded in those, in those cases. Those cases, yeah. Ooh, that's why it's so much. I mean, I, I still have my, um, my um, original uh, box set of uh, when they first released 
the Star Wars trilogy. I, still I have, have one that, of those. That blue box set. Yeah. And um, I still have that. I still have my uh, oh, shit. A, a whole ton of Disney Disney VHS. I thought those were big money, but like a dollar. You can get them for a dollar on eBay and stuff. But I have um, – what's another thing I have? Oh, I still have all my Universal Monsters uh, VHS, VHS tapes. God, I had so many. God, I couldn't believe it. And then I had to buy it all over again when DVD came out. And then when <laughs> Blu-rays came out, now 4Ks, it's like, that's where I draw the line. Because <laughs> yeah, I just got a bunch of movies in, in 4K. I just saw right now that uh, The Gates of Hell, uh, what's that one? The original title, City of the Living Dead? Yeah, no, that, it was City of the Living Dead was the second title. Gates of Hell was a real title. Yeah, well, when, when, when it was in the theater when we were growing up. Yeah, they're releasing the three-disc set on 4K. So I'm not to pick that up. Man, some of that stuff needs to cross the pond because a lot of it's in Germany and the UK. Like, they get a ton of – like, they got a Darkman 4K. Why can't we get that here? You know, There's a lot of stuff over there we don't have. Yeah, I mean, I, I lucked out by getting that Dawn of the Dead. Did you get it too? Did no, you? I want to get it. It was only like 40 bucks on – Do get it. Get it because it has all four versions in it. Get the one I got, the one with the original face. Because um, there's another one that's is it a, is it that arrow one? Yeah, um, yeah. Get that one. Is it is there a Blu-ray in it or is it just 4K? Uh, it's just I think they're all there's 4K. But there's there's a set that's just Blu-ray. Um. Yeah, let me see if um, this is the right one I'm going to send you. But I, I, I remember, it. yeah, when the first Jaws came out, and then uh, there was a Lucky's, a Lucky's uh, um, grocery store down the street, and they had those those rubber, those hard rubber Jaws sharks. I have mine. You still yeah. have yours. I, I had mine, but my, my dog at the time chewed off the fins. And... Um, where is it? It was it was right here on my that one that version. You see the picture I sent you? Yeah, yeah, that's one. Cool. Oh, yeah. okay. I might as well get it. That's my favorite one. But um, yeah, I have my jaws. It's around here somewhere. I really need to clean the studio up. It's like fucking war zone in here. <laughs> but but everyone, yeah. Now we're just rambling. Uh, but, uh, Mike, he's got a ton of stuff coming down, down the pike. So, but, uh, give us a little preview on what you got coming next. Oh boy. Um, don't give anything away. Just, well, I think the big, the big news is that, um, I now have producers. I have, I have two producers now that I work with. Uh, it's, and it's kind of cool because like, um, I just direct and I just, I just tell these guys what I want and they, they pretty much take care of that. Um, but right now we're just, fin- <clears throat> just finishing up a documentary I'm, I'm doing called, um, figure it out, action figure photography and depression. And it's about just how, um, I use figure photography as creative therapy to help keep my mind going. So, and, and it started during 
the early days of the pandemic in 2020 and I was stuck at home because I'm immunocompromised. I have diabetes, so I really don't want to be around a lot of people. And I was going crazy, though. You know, Nez knows that um, I'm a people person. I love to be out. I love to be around people, family, all that. I mean, we, me and me and Nez couldn't kick it for, God, three years almost. Um, and it was really hard, you know. It was hard being away from friends and family and, you know, movies and all that kind of stuff we like to do. Because normal life just stopped. It is for everybody. It's just what we consider normal was just done. And so I was at home just going through it, you know, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to write, didn't want to, didn't want to do anything creatively until, you know, um, you know, my wife, God bless her heart. She suggested, why don't you try doing this? You know, basically the, the hardest part was opening shit up. Like you got to open your toys, dude, if you want to, you know, take pictures of them. So I did. And that's how my actual figure photography journey was born. And now I'm a brand name. The Boneyard Collectibles is now is a brand name, and it's uh, pretty pretty known in the action figure world now. It's like a lot of places like NECA, Hasbro, Marvel feature some of my figure photography. Um, but the film's just about that journey, just about how I I survived and how I survive currently as an artist and a filmmaker doing this stuff to keep me going and, and the film you know it's it's, it's kind of heavy because I talk about a lot of things that nobody knows about because I want this film to me is going to be it's the most important film I'm going to do because you know bottom line is like people look at men society looks at men as we're supposed to be these big tough guys and not cry and not let anything get to us but man we you know and as will tell you that we've, we've been through the ringer a lot of shit that we're still yep. trying to work through and very rarely do people talk about it. And what I want this film to be is a kind of let people know, like not just men, but anybody is like, you know, if you have a, a therapy, you know, it's okay to admit you're hurt. It's okay to cry. It's, it's okay to talk about it. But that's why this film is important. And, and luckily I have two producers, uh, shout out to, uh, Isaac Trimble and Charlie Perry. And as you met Charlie, uh, <laughs> I mean, that dude, like I, both of them are just remarkable, remarkable human beings, man. These dudes, like, they just, they they sat with me. They cried with me. They they just filmed everything that, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of people don't know. They were there. I trusted them. Like, I, I, I don't trust a lot of people in this world, but they were there to to help me through this. And, and I'm learning a lot from them, learning about how to do the, the producer stuff and but uh, shout out to them, to Isaac Trimble and Charlie Perry. You guys, I love you, brothers. Thank you for helping me do this. And we we got <laughs> we got some other stuff coming up that I'm not going to talk about because, uh, like, Isaac keeps reminding me, you know, not everybody needs to know what you're doing. So uh, I'm learning that from him because, you know, anytime I get a little thing, I post it on my social media pages. But, you know, Isaac's teaching me that, you know, you don't have to tell everybody what you're doing. Let's. Let's surprise him. Because, I mean, he, the dude, that dude himself, Isaac Trimble, is a, he's a powerhouse because he's this really cool native guy. And I happened to look up his name on the internet and he's done everything in show business that I can only dream of. And he doesn't talk about it. It's like, my, like Ananda, 
You know, she's been, she went to school at Harvard, Yale and got her PhD at Northwestern. She don't ever talk about that. She just did it. You know, they were to her, they were just schools. And, um, but him, he's just like, you try you talk to him about it. And he's like, yeah, man, I, yeah, I did that. You know, he never like puffs his chest and he's always willing to help people. So that's why they're, to me, they're really good people. I can really work with them, but yeah, man, just, just wait. We got a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming up. Plus, um, um, in the process of getting a book printed, my first uh, figure photography book. I did one before, but I got to trim that one down. I got to give it to an editor because that thing's like almost three hundred pages. But this yeah. new one is just kind of a it's a storybook of sorts. Um, it's called Mayhem and the MonsterVerse. So, uh, if you want to check out parts of it, go to my uh, Instagram page at uh, the Boneyard Collectibles and and you can see some you scroll through my pictures you can see parts of it there but yeah man that's uh that's all I got coming up going to Chicago in a couple of days going to take a break from LA get out of, get the hell out of LA for at least 48 hours yep but um yeah man that's all that's all that I've been up to is just working with it, it's it's cool man i mean working with professionals you know, people that I don't, that I didn't, I didn't have to teach along the way, which is not a problem at all. I had fun teaching people how to do the filmmaking stuff. But when I get to see now, um, what it takes to make it to, to get your foot in the door, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's not far from, you know, what people imagine Hollywood to be, but it, it helps when you have people that can navigate through it um you know basically the most important thing is they, they know how to get money and that's that's what, what you need so yeah man it's it's cool i mean they produce they edit they promote you know so it's I, i'm i'm working with the right people and more importantly they're you know I, they don't work for me they work with me i just want to make that clear keep having to remind them that because charlie always says that you know we work for you, man. We work for the master. I'm like, I ah, no masters here. You know, we all sit at a round table. There's no head at the table. So, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's good. Things are, and as far as filmmaking, I'm starting to get out of the, get or get back into uh, filmmaking and writing. Uh, so I still have to finish up the film, uh, the other film I was working on, but yeah, man, um, the smudging is getting its second wind because we've been talking about it and I've been on a couple other shows where I've talked about it and um, starting to get views again. Uh, still getting bashed, but you know, it's, it's nature of the beast. But yeah, man, it's That's what everyone bashes. Look at all the shit that the flash has taken. <laughs> everyone. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just, there's always going to be people. I mean, you can't please the world. No, nope. you can't please the world. And if it, uh, if you know, like if, in Los Angeles, I've been asked a lot of times, like, you know, how many have you gotten your stuff in Hollywood? It's like, no, but do I care? No, because I'm not shooting for that. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be, you know, if I was like everybody else, there'd be no surprises. So I'm not trying to be like everybody else. I'm just having, you know, as, as John Carpenter told me, <laughs> just have fun. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just having fun. Yep. And with that, everyone, I mean, thanks, Brother Mike, for helping me out with this uh, ESP Rewind for the 1983 
3D classic, Jaws 3D. But follow Mike everywhere. Yeah, he's always been a member of the E Society since the beginning. But we got more coming for you. Mike's gonna help me out with some 31 Days of Horror. We got to do Jaws. I still want to do a commentary of Demons because that's gonna be another show, a good show. Because we had an awesome time with that. Shout out to our brother D. Rest in peace. Love you and miss you. He was with us when we saw that. <laughs> oh, man. Good times, everyone. I mean, but before we get out of here, crazy world, everyone. We got to live here. We got to be together. Uh, all your loved ones, friends, family, I mean, just let them know that you love them. I mean, my brother here, man, I love him. We've been friends and brothers for many, many years. We're growing old together, and it's sucks that we're losing some of our crew but uh we're still here the show's still here and we're going to continue giving uh stuff that we love and sometimes stuff that we hate uh speaking of that stupid movie i think at some point we're gonna do it but i don't know i I was real quick i was telling uh um i sound russell I was like, we were talking about that and how much you hate that movie. And he was saying, yeah, man, he's mentioned it before. I was like, you know, Nez has got me as much as he hates it, as that brother has bought me every single, whatever media came out, he bought me the VHS, then he bought me the DVD, then he bought me the Blu-ray. I said, so I'm I'm sure there's a 4K coming down the line that he's going to scoop up for me. And I told him, I said, he always says the same thing. He always sends a picture. He's like, man, this fucking movie, I hate it. But here, I got this for you. I don't I don't even own that shit movie. But <laughs> if it comes with a box set, uh, if I ever own it for whatever reason, it's got to be like either free or, or $5 or something. Then I'll just put it on the shelf and say, hey, I have it. But uh. you, you, you have to, man. It's, it's, it's early Sam Raimi. Filmed in Bruce Campbell's backyard. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking (laughs) that stupid-ass movie, Thou Shall Not Kill, except look it up. I don't know what year it came out. but Four stars. uh, Four stars. It got snubbed at the Chainsaw Awards, the Oscars. (laughs) It should have won at Cannes and Sundance. Trash. They're hating it. They're Uh, hating on it. We saw it in the theater. Was it brand new when we saw it? It was, it was, I think, something they just dug out and said, hey, let's put this out. Because it, it came out right between Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And it was just kind of like, it was, you know, they were trying to, you know, make a name. Which they already did. They already established Sam Raimi, but he didn't direct it. He was just in it. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it, and, you know, once again, one of my dream projects is to remake that. So if I, you know, Isaac and Charlie, if you're listening, <laughs> put that on our radar. All right. That movie came out in 85. That's and this says the the release date. I'm trying to see because it seemed like it was in the 70s. Maybe they shot it in the 70s and they just released it in 85. Maybe or they, you know, they had that little 16 millimeter, you know, they shot it. Uh, no, it says here the bulk of this film was shot in 1984. Maybe there was just the style they used, but Grady. I want to get I want to get into that movie. Well, well, eventually we've never done it in all these years. 
Uh, I have. I think the last time I saw it was when we watched it. When you guys were here, we watched it. I think it was on VHS then. <laughs> Damn, that was, that was like over 20 years ago. That was when I first moved into this house. So it's been played in this house on my TV, well, my old TV. <laughs> but, God, that's right. We had to. We had to perform. Yeah. The next day. Oh uh-huh. my God. Oh, that stupid movie. Yeah, seriously, no. I didn't. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Since then, I all the many forms of it I bought for you, I never watched it. I didn't didn't even cross my mind to throw it in to just watch it again. Um, if we do do it, it it's got to be a commentary so we can oh, so we can laugh. And just, yeah. So, but yeah, Mike's gonna be back. He's gonna help me out with Thirty One Days of Horror with some some classics that we grew up watching and everything. Gotta get those start going. I don't want to be. Uh, trying to rush in October hits. But everyone, all right, now we're rambling. But yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this ESP Rewind, the Jaws 3D 1983 3D classic. Uh, come back for more. Follow Mike everywhere on all his socials. Just search uh, Mike J. Marin and Boneyard Collectibles and follow his YouTube page and everything. So you get all his information on all that. And if you haven't seen the smudging yet, I mean, we hyped that show i think that movie the most on on all the shows my show my personal the magnus podcast are here on the east society um definitely check if you haven't watched it definitely check. is it back on amazon now yeah it's still still on yeah go down go to amazon search the smudging and check it out but all right everyone that is it this episode we'll be back for more will we do jaws the revenge not anytime soon but i think eventually we'll get to it but so until then everyone be safe out there Uh, Don't be afraid to go in the water and uh, come back next time. So until then, party on. Peace.